What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Between Two Tales podcast. We had a couple of weeks of break since Dave was traveling, and I had some stuff to do, but we're back at it. Episode 25. Welcome back to all of our current listeners, and welcome to all the new listeners. For all the new listeners out there that don't know, maybe you saw a clip. And you don't know exactly how this show works. Dave, why don't you tell them what we do here? Yes. All right. Again, thank you guys for coming back. But for all you newbies, what you're about to witness is a story, or at least an outline of a story, created in real time with words that we've never seen before and images that we've never seen before. All the words and images are going to be randomly generated. So we're going to do five words. You're going to watch Kevin ran, randomly generate them. And we have to, in some way, somehow bring those words into our story. It might be the name of someone. It might be something someone picks up, some, something someone does. It might be a theme, whatever. We're just going to incorporate those words. And then the two images we have to incorporate into the story. Similar idea. While doing this, we have we're racing against the clock. Our timer and our countdown is an hour and a half, so 90 minutes. And at the very end, we will read out our story and put it up to the test. Now, Kevin, I'll let you describe what the test is. We'll test it against an AI-generated story. We'll give it the same prompts, same words, descriptions of the same images, and see what kind of story they spit out and see which creative power will win the day. So far, the ChatGBT AI tool has not come, well, it's come close a couple times, but it hasn't been able to create a story that edges out just pure human creativity just yet. But we haven't recorded in a couple weeks, so maybe it got better. That's true. It's harder yeah. in that period of time. Who knows? We'll find out Yeah. at the end. So with that being said, Let's generate some words. All right, here we go. And the timer won't start until after our images have been there for you guys. All right, Kev. Words. Crackpot. Okay, good. That's like, good stuff right there. Like that word. Yep. Exceed. He ex exceeded the limit of the Coke. Position. Stain. Annual. Okay. Okay. Crackpot. So annually buying Coke, stain. Let's okay. get our images. All right. That's <laughs> interesting. We don't know what we're going to get. We got some pretty random ones in the past. Let's, Let's see. Go. Let's share the screen if you have. Oh, I thought I was sharing the screen. There we go. All right. Generate. First image. Oh, okay. All right. We can sunset. A oh, woman that sunset. Silhouette of a woman at sunset. Let me uh, save this image for later. Okay, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. Not bad. It's a beautiful looking sunset. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's a good looking picture. All right, second image. Oh. Like a, I don't know what kind of bird it is. Kingfisher. Oh, Kingfisher, okay. Fisher bird. King Fisher Twig. On a twig. Little branch, little twig. 
That's right. Let's save that image. Interesting. Okay. Very practical images. Very, yeah, they're very far apart. And the timer. Crackpot. The timer has started. Yes, crackpot. Let's go ahead. I mean, that's an insult. I mean, that's usually, it's an insult. Um, I'm a foolish person. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to click to find, just to double check, a foolish person. That's right, a foolish person. Or eccentric. I never heard of it being used for someone who's just eccentric, but. Okay. Foolish person. Crackpot. Seed position stain. <laughs> okay. Annual. I have an idea, but I have a random idea. You know, crackpot. Crackpot is a, you know, like I said, like we already said, it's an insult, right? So let's say there's someone who creates something. Yeah. Some kind of vessel. It backfires, uh-huh. and then they come at him or her, calling them a crackpot and all this stuff Mm. because they keep trying to make these expeditions and it goes terribly awry. All right. I got that. That builds off a recent conversation I had with, with Max, mutual friend of ours. He's talking about how, I think he said China was trying to attempt to drill to the center of the earth. So let's just say that has happened successfully. And now this city in our world, they do annual expeditions down to the to the center of the earth. The company is ran by some crackpot. Yeah, he's, he's got you know normally it's only him and a pilot that could go down. Oh no, no. normally this is a they go down with an unmanned vessel, mm-hmm. but he's created a vessel that could hold up to five people. Like a journey to the center of the earth. No expedition. Proclaimed, proclaimed to handle pressure and heat. The heat, yes. Pressure and the heat. That might be a story. Yes, and you didn't want to use normal materials. Yeah, too bad there's no one to make it out of plastic. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, plastic. Too bad there's no real life example of this for us. I'm not really sure how we would write a story like that. Yeah, I almost have an idea of like, a story around the legal ramifications of the center to the to the earth, the center of the earth, the core, after things go catastrophically wrong, and then litigation starts. I don't know. It's a more subdued story. The one is like the adventure itself. One's the expedition, or maybe we have a little bit of it, and then more of a subdued like legal type thing, legal drama. People like those stories. So are, they, are the legal proceedings happening while these people have perished or are they stuck down there? You ever seen the film Sully about that- the uh, Tom Hanks about the and the woman from Breaking Bad, the mom, Skyler? Oh, that's when he's a pilot, right? Yeah. And, and if you remember, like it starts off with a bit of what happened, but not fully. Just enough to kind of get you going. And then the legal proceedings when they're trying to look into, like, did he make the right decision? But we get more and more. We get the rough and quick of what happened, his nightmares of what could have happened. The version that the MTSB, I think is what they're called, gives roughly. That part might be wrong. But there's a version like that. And then there's a version of, like, here's from beginning to end what happened. And so 
within this proceedings, these hearings, because I don't think they were legal proceedings. I think there were more hearings. You had the action of what was going on, like in real time, like back in time. And then the current day was the, the proceedings. So oh, we, we have something similar to where it's like, we have the proceedings of like, why'd you do this? And it flips we, back and forth to like, we, what's going yeah, on. We, we bring them back into like all the things that was happening. You know, the more adventure, more upbeat stuff. Well, it's not upbeat. They're going to get stuck down there. <laughs> all right. Build the story around it. So, okay. We have all this stuff. Right, they get down there. Well, let's bypass like how they got to drill it. You know, we'll tackle that later. But oh, you know what? I I found. <clears throat> I see these like, see, I don't know where people get the the thrill to do these things. But it looks cool, some of it, I guess. But there's like people who go underwater cave diving and they're like scuba, oh. they're, like scuba diving through yeah. like caves. Like yeah, un- unexplored caves. Yeah. Cool. Until their string runs out and they're like, oh, where did my string go? That reminds me of a film. Yeah. And then I saw like a regular cave diver. I guess they're, they're, that's what it's called. This dude was like squeezing himself through like a crevice, like a worm. Like, uh, this- like dry land ish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in between these rocks. And yeah. No, yeah. So there's two things here, right? There's caving or whatever, right? Like that's like the dry form of it, I think. You know, for those listening, you know, correct me. I could Google search it, but I won't. And then you got the cave divers who, you know, scuba gear and all that stuff, and they're inside these caverns and in, in, in these caves, scuba diving, which is which pitch black. It's a whole nother animal. I mean, both are extremely dangerous. But for the first one with the scuba gear, there was a film that came out about the 12 boys, I think it was, and their coach who got stuck in Malaysia, Thailand or something like this. They got, oh, yeah. they got stuck some time ago. Because the cave flooded or something? The cave ended up flooding behind them or whatever. And they had to mount a rescue mission to go get them. They were successful. So that's interesting. Yeah. And then the other one where it's like the cave, the person who's just, you know, in the cave, you know, on the, doing the dry caving, you know, whatever it's called, just kind of crawling their way through. It's like, if they get stuck, it's hard to mount a rescue because you also have to find other folks who do it, willing to go in there and not get stuck themselves and get that person out. Have you ever seen the new show Silo? Or do you know about it? Nope. I think it's on Apple TV, but the premise is, is basically there's a population of people. Well, the world got like destroyed by war or something. So there's a population of people. I guess they're living in a huge tower that's like hundreds of floors down. Each floor is basically like its own town or a different section. So if you want to go visit someone, you got to walk up the stairs to go to a different floor. And then the outside... There's been a couple people that want to go outside, but I haven't finished the series yet, but they show them dying because it's supposed to, supposedly poisonous outside. But then there's like, it's like taboo to want to go outside, but they won't stop you if you want to go. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I did see like maybe a trailer about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it ended yet or not. I'm still a couple 
episodes behind, but like there's like people that want to venture outside out of the silo away from their society because they believe that there's more out there, like more life or more to the world. Cause like some of those people in there, all they know is the silo, this tower. Cause they were like born there and raised there and whatnot. So yeah, there's also the reverse story. It's like what brought them there. So it's like, okay, say global warming continues, which probably will. If things get worse, oceans rise, blah, blah, blah. Or some kind of other catastrophe happens and we have to go into the earth. So let's say under the earth, you know, maybe a mile under or whatever, you know, there's cities starting to be built and so on under the earth. Gen- two generations or so pass and it's as if, you know, it's like the more time that passed, it's like this, the talk of civilization above different than anything that they're used to is sounds like hearsay or just like old, you know, these stories that like that doesn't exist. And after a certain time, you know, even though it got that way, so people can survive and live, it starts to turn into like, maybe it was all a lie. And that's where the silo thing kind of comes in a little bit, the silo play, where it's like the mentality is just like, okay, the first mentality was we have to get safe. So we had to go into this place. And then the mentality over t- over the time, you know, how many generations you want to push it is like, how do we even know that was true? How do we even know? It's like almost like conspiracy, right? How do we even know that was, that's even true? How do we know that's yeah. still the same situation above at this point? Let's go to the above. And then obviously it's against the law. And they're like, you know, you can't go to the, you can't go to the surface. You know, it doesn't, it's not hospitable to us, blah, blah. There is a, there's so an anime. That story. That there's an anime that I greatly love called Made in Abyss. And basically, there's like a, the whole world is like a giant hole in the earth. Like there's this massive hole in the earth. And on the outsides of the hole are like where the towns are and stuff like that. But there are, they recruit, I guess, like less fortunate children and other people to go deeper into the abyss. Hmm. And there's like, different monsters and animals and stuff down there, but they're basically looking for treasure. And I think if I, I watched it a long time ago, I think in the first season, the girl and the boy that got, that went down there, somehow their, their safety route back up got cut off and they had to like navigate the world like deeper than what they were deeper than what they're used to. And I think I remember there being like other like living beings down there that they had to interact with and stuff like that. But uh, so it sounds like we want to create a story where there's got to be a crackpot dude that either wants to go <laughs> or something deeper. Right. <laughs> I think yeah, we can go above. So it's like they have, they've been generations below the surface, a mile and a half, two miles, I don't know, below the surface of the earth. I mean, the context of the story is like all these countries sent nuclear bombs at each other. So above land, the air is not good, but radiation has a half-life. So it disappears after a while. So I forgot what the, I used to know what the half-life of, what the heck is that? Whatever the radiation yeah, was, yeah. but it doesn't last forever. And it eventually gets down to like safe levels where it's, you know, you can get some on you 
and it's fine. It's not going to affect you. So maybe in the beginning, because of the war-torn land above, they dug down and built civilization down, and it just took forever. They just assume that above is just poisonous. You can't go up there. Okay. And they just took forever, you know, generation after generation. And then, you know, some people... Yeah, you know, these things become legend, right? Like like blue skies and land above and seas. They start becoming legends to people that are born underground because they've never seen that stuff before. Eventually, all the people that have seen that stuff have died off. So yeah, I've been they've been dead for many years. Yeah, generations. So well, it's almost like <clears throat> just to add on top of that, you know, to this conspiracy type theory or ideal. It's like these vessels, these machines, these unmanned machines have been making expeditions to the surface to see if it's safe and check around. And that in itself is like conspiracy. People are like, what? You know, those only in the know know that has even happened. And it's like, what happens when this crackpot wants to go in person? And he's like, no, like I, my hunch is this or whatever. Well, maybe he wants to go to the surface and everyone else right. is like, That's what I'm saying. Crazy. His hunch is like, we can go, you know? Yeah. And then he, maybe because like, since they're underground, they don't have the same resources. So maybe he's only capable of making a machine that makes it like halfway or something. And then his newest advanced model makes it maybe 80% of the way, but it gets stuck and runs out of fuel or something. Now they're stuck in the earth, basically. Mm. And they got to I don't know, dig their way out, like uh, digging out of a grave or do something. Has to dig their way out, but some will become, you know, entombed or buried alive. Yeah, I mean, it becomes like this psychological thing because they're stuck. I also like buried alive by the dirt. You know, the dirt shifts. And you know, some unlucky soul gets. Oh, what if an earthquake happens? All sorts. All right. So we'll deal with the roller surface to reemerge on above during some kind of crackpot is trying to push the bounds of what's currently known and mm-hmm. gets into some trouble. He may or may not succeed at the end. We don't know yet. We don't know. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Let's get some names. I feel like this crackpot should be a- maybe some rebellious genius kid or something. Well, Definitely got to be rebellious in order to do something like this. Willard Willard Parks. Willard. Willard. I don't know if I ever met someone named Willard. Well, it's Will, Will Smith's name, isn't it? Is it really? I didn't know that. His actual like, government name. Oh, I didn't know it was Willard. Huh. We're in something new. His real name, or his full name is Willard Carroll Smith Jr. Willard Carroll Smith. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Know that. Travis Wright. Travis Wright. Travis Wright. Let's see. Terrence. Joe. Edmund Cliff. Cliff. Terrence. Cliff Little. Elon. Elon Dusk. Elon Dusk. Vince Lowe. Vince what? Vince Lowe. Vince Lowe. Clay Cox. Clay Cox. Wesley. Victor. Victor 
Frankenstein. Let me open my window real quick. Eugene. Darcy. Eugene. Darcy's a good name. Darcy. Darcy yeah. Dalton. Double D, that's what they call him. Darcy Dalton. We can roll with that. Darcy. Darcy Dalton, a.k.a. Crackpot. A.k.a. Double D, a.k.a. Crackpot. He has a bunch of names. All right. I'm just trying to imagine what it's like to be stuck in the middle of Earth. Would I mean, I imagine there wouldn't be, they'd run out of oxygen sooner or later, right? I mean, for generations, they figured it out. No, they I mean, on that. Like, down, like, under, yeah. But when, like, they're stuck. Well, they had to figure out some way to get the oxygen to continue. I mean, maybe they're generating oxygen at this point. With yeah, I mean, I mean, when they're, like, when they make their venture up. Oh, they get oh, stuck, oh, yeah. Like, kind of buried alive type thing. Yeah. Yeah, the vessel can run out of oxygen at some point or have a problem with his oxygen. Yeah, whatever. They just run out. Of, they carry, like, their oxygen tanks are on low. They got to be very cautious. I have a problem with it. They, the oxygen tanks clang up against something. Next thing you know, it's spewing oxygen. They, oh, they only have one tank to yeah. share? Yeah, well, maybe one person has a tank, another person has a tank. One person's tank gets ruptured, and they're, like, trying to figure it out. It's, they, don't save, they don't save the person. So they don't die. This is kind of man against nature at this point. So that's fine. Do we want any, I won't even say necessarily an antagonist or, or like a main antagonist, but we could have antagonistic forces, whether it be government, society, those, anyone that would stand yeah. in his way, even tempo, temporarily, like they don't have to be in his way. Eventually this is going to become a story between man versus nature, where really it's just nature trying to kill him or them. But are there anyone, like before this thing gets started, is there anyone or anything standing in his way from really getting started? I think it'd be interesting to have the government be the enemy. It's like a, similar to, I don't know if you've ever seen Attack on Titan. Heard of it. They lived in this walled city and outside of the city is a bunch of Titans trying to eat your ass. And uh, well, someone eventually breaks the wall and lets those Titans in. But okay. the, the government, the king... Of the society and the nobles they know the secret of the titans they know like oh you can actually turn people into those titans like those were once people but the people in there they don't know that they just think like the world just has these monsters out but that's how the nobles have kept power over the regular folk because well, and in this case you know we you had that you made a comment about the nuclear fallout so maybe that's, you know, that's how they keep power, you know, don't yeah, they keep it away, that. bring death to you or everyone by opening up the hatches or going, trying to journey to the earth. You know, it's maybe they think that there is a hatch somewhere, like there is some kind of hatch, but they'll never get to it because of the government, you know, that's government controlled. But technically they're under earth. So if you're able to drill up, you can do it without the government knowing. Right. And it's like against the law to try to drill up or create any vessels of yeah. that kind. So it would be, have to be done in secret. But yeah, they probably know that it's safe up there, but they want to keep everyone well, in check. Right basically. now they have a power, you know, right now power is proper, you know, or for them at least. And society and it's to, society for itself is being, being governed. 
by them. And they, you know, they got a nice system that works for them. Get everyone back on surface and they have to, you know, maybe the idea is that they have to reestablish themselves as the government and becomes harder as people might want to move further away or do all this other stuff and reclaim land or who knows what, you know? Yeah, because eventually after generations, you know, people just believe that this is the way things are. They don't know anything else. It's only like the original people I know that the nuclear fallout will end or I'll be safe up there, but they, they died long before, before then. Yeah. All right. I think, so we'll just have like government itself and that can come in the form of police. I think in the silo, the entire government is a adjudicator. That's one person judicial. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one person is the whole judicial branch. They have a police force that's like, yeah, they have a good police force, like a regular police force, and they have one mayor. And the mayor is the like the president, basically, equivalent. Yeah. So we'll just say, you know, mayor, police, et cetera. Yeah. Just forces that keep laws in check. What's the name of our underground city? The New Cave City. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Might have to be the title of this story. Well, hold on. Let's discuss it. So, New... Cavadelphia. New Cavia. New Caven. New Caven. <laughs> but, you know, the good thing is, is that there's got to be a generator for this. Astoria. Maybe they call it Pompeii. They're buried. Yes. City name generator. Town generator. Springland, Massport, Tarsus, Santa Goose, Middlecaster, Moses. Maybe some biblical reference in there. You know, kind of like people return return to the studying of the Lord. Yeah. St. Gables, St. Thorpelians, Babylon. New Bethlehem. I like that. that. Sounds sounds good. What was our character's name again? Darcy. Darcy Dalton. Darcy Dalton. Living in New Bethlehem. New Bethlehem. Alright. Darcy Dalton's the crackpot. So Darcy wakes up in a woman, right? It could be. Is Darcy, there a good Darcy, with- Darcy is could be either. Because that would go well with the, if they end up on the surface, the picture that we generate would be a good ending scene. The silhouette of the woman. That woman it is. The crackpot girl. <laughs> hey, that insult can go to anyone. That's right. That's right. All right. So ah, both the images. Both the images that we generate, it makes for a good ending. It does. Gets out, sees a bird. Or the kingfisher. Kingfisher. As sunset begins. That's right. Yeah. It's the annual science competition. Darcy has built a vessel that drills up. Well, how about this? Darcy. Yeah. Darcy Darcy wakes up. Annual science competition. Dallas and Sweat. She had another nightmare. Governing officials come by to see her vessel. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she confiscated. Huh? 
maybe it's still hidden at this time. But she had a nightmare regarding regards to her vessel exploding. You know, something going wrong with the vessel. We don't know what the hell it is. Like we don't know what she's doing. Huh? She had another nightmare where, or how about this? Instead of she wakes up like it, it was actually the other way. Darcy is in the action of her dream. Right. She's, she's Darcy drilling up a nightmare where she's she, drilling up and then things starts beeping and then she's drilling up and the earth gives way to show the sky. A tear drops from her eye. Ooh, what about her? she's just about to make it to the surface? Exactly. The thing gives out and she starts falling. The vessel yeah. starts to beep. It starts falling straight down. Against panic. The sky. Disappearing. Dis- that's right. Disappears. And and the vessel plummets. Back into the darkness. Back into the darkness of the earth. You see a mushroom cloud explosion. And explodes. <laughs> and explodes. She wakes up doused in sweat. Breathing heavily. Was this prophecy or just a bad nightmare? Time will tell. Or Darcy. Give out. Alright, so she has this nightmare. A loud bang. We'll put that part that you had. A loud knock is heard. She jumps out of bed and opens the door. Two official looking men. Are standing there. Are you Darcy Dalton? Indeed I am. Oh, who's asking? We are government name. They take her. All right, so we're going to do some skipping because we get lost in the week. But we are brought to a mayor's office. Official looking. Yeah, we're brought to the mayor's office. It's beautifully decorated with items from the past from the before times from the past from the surface world mayor thinks she's up to no good tells her they're spies no she's creating something illegal and she needs to reveal where she has her vessel. Darcy plays stupid. The mayor gets angry. Listen, you crackpot. Listen, you crackpot wannabe scientist. <laughs> Listen, you crackpot. You're nothing but a stain on the... You're a stain on our society. On society. Yeah. <laughs> and you threaten our way of life. People like you threaten our way of life. Tell me why we shouldn't lower you into the lava pit. Ooh, listen, you crackpot. You're nothing but a stain on our society. You threaten our safe way of life. We should just lower you into the core. Into the lava pits. (laughs) What a horrible way to die. People are vicious. Darcy tells the mayor they are mistaken. Continues to play dumb. I don't know what you're talking about. She's she's not... (laughs) creating a vessel but a new like something a new transportation vehicle to get around town she's not creating a vessel 
for the earth, for the surface. It's a new carriage. But a better way to get around. Heck, it will make life easier for the mayor. She was going to unveil it as a gift to the mayor. Once done and made safe. The mayor. You know, it reminds me of a game I played called My, My Time in Porsche. You're an engineer and you got to build stuff. And basically it's like a post-apocalyptic world too. You, know, like you get blueprints to build stuff. And one of the first things, well, later on, you start building cars for the town to get around. <laughs> you built like a transportation system for the town. No, this is exactly that. The mayor changes their tone. And the mayor says that they'll need to verify this thing, but Darcy tells the mayor it doesn't exist yet. I've only got the blueprint. I only have the blueprints. I've only just calculated the physics. Darcy uses a hologram to show the blueprints. Get a sense of technology here. The mayor seems satisfied, but warns Darcy, that if she's lying and they find out it's off to the lava pits for her. Darcy heads back home. I'm not going to spend too much time on this part, but I'll just put like quick little actions or deep, like little detail. Heads back home. We see what this under. We should have a. Like a Batman cave in her home, like an underground lab. Yeah, I mean, she that might be a common thing. So she heads back home. We see this under Earth world, you know, the markets and etc. All under the Earth and people living in these large apartment buildings, apartment rock and dirt buildings, if you will. Like, it's like, at least one way of thinking of it is like, imagine a hollow area where they've reinforced it, but then there's like these rock buildings. And oh, I imagine like, you know, those crazy ass apartments in Hong Kong where they're like all next to each other. Exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah, carved like out yeah. of rock. Yeah. Yeah. So we see all this stuff, you know, there's a whole bunch more detail to probably go into, <laughs> like how they kind of get around, how things are, blah, blah. As she makes her way through the market compartments, she makes her way through town. All right, all right. So a friend stops her. You know, probably someone's going to go on this journey. And or are they concerned? Well, yeah, the friend wants to know what happened. She heard news. She was taken to the mayor's office. Darcy plays it off, but. Let's her know they will need to leave soon. She's almost done. Five days until they reach, until they leave for the surface. We'll obviously do some time jumping, but yeah. What do they need now? I feel like they do need something. I feel like they need the fuel source to power the engine or they need the to steal gas. Yeah, they need to steal gas or whatever mineral that this world is using to has power. Since it's under the world and they just probably vent it, they can probably use gas. 
After he tells her friend that they will need the gas sooner. And her friend works at the power company or something. Yeah. And he has to steal it. Right. So they'll steal it. Darcy walks to her, her lab, her secret lab, and removes the veil off the vessel. This thing is massive. Can hold five people. <laughs> she begins to work on it. The next day, so I kind of want to do like, or I think it'd be like next day, you know, we hear more stories of the surface world as she's trying to get something for this thing. So she needs gas. What else does she need? Oxygen tanks. Oh yeah, and the next day, we see Darcy. Oh, they don't, they they probably think it's poisonous up there too, right? So probably some suits. Hazmat suits or tight yeah, suits. Yeah, same suits from probably what the people would wear that work near the lava pits. Yeah. All right. So she needs some snacks. Some snacks. And, uh, and a gun. A gun? Well, I guess she doesn't know what they're going to encounter. They've been telling stories of woolly mammoth. All right. So she meets one friend with the make it a little bit more robust, but Darcy, the next day Darcy meets up with another friend and they discuss as they walk over to the oxygen building, I don't know, oxygen depot, how they are going to siphon or steal their oxygen tanks. This friend is starting to have doubts does she know this will this will this will work no one has been to the surface in 400 years there could be nothing up there there could just be death darcy tells her friend a story of the old times passed on to her from her folks or whatever there's life up there. We are meant to be up there. The friend tags along, still nervous about the whole thing. They take the oxygen tanks. They take how many oxygen tanks? Five. How many people are coming? Three. Yeah, they take five, and then two of them gets broken when they. Sh- yeah, or something. They take five os- oxygen. Well, if that's the case, then they take six. So, yeah, Miles will be like, "Why well, take five when you know there's three? Yeah, one person's unlucky. Hey, Miles will, t- will take six, and there's like an extra one for each person. They take six ox- oxygen tanks and load them into a cargo holder, a cargo transporter. They return to her home where everyone meets it's revealed it's revealed that the two friends have no idea where the lab where the secret lab is darcy tells them it's for their safety but come the night before she will tell them where to go darcy lays out the plan it should take them, how long did it take them to drill to the surface? It should take them two days. Two or three days, probably. To get to the surface. Darcy's calculations. Let's see, the journey 
will take two to three days if they start drilling from a certain spot. Yeah. Because who knows? Maybe the government officials end up seeing their plan. They got to drill from somewhere else. Yeah. From a certain spot where the surface is closest. If they start drilling from, I don't know, from end of town or something. The end of town. So, so it's like, all right, you got to drill from this spot. Be the best. However, the military or the cops, whatever, likes to patrol that area. One of the friends chimes in. It should be, or the coast should be clear since they are running their secret military mission. They say they've been to the surface many times. So just to put that little spark up there, who knows? We might get to the top and then it's like civilization has been re being rebuilt by the military, but they're like controlling it in phases. But who really knows? Then on the speakers, we could have, I was going to maybe, you said something that made me think of this, but I can't remember now where I was going with it. But I was like, there might be a moment where the mayor might call everyone. To sort of like a town hall. Yep. But for what reason? I, I don't remember why. I think we're talking about some annual event, right? I'm just looking at the words here. The annual event of like the, when everyone went down there for safety. Oh, maybe it's an annual event because everyone's going to be in the center of town. So that's when they got to leave because no one's going to be, coast is clear. Well, it's, the military could be, it could be the military, it could be coast, but we could say then the speaker cuts on. It is the annual rock festival. It's the annual journey down or whatever. Lava festival. Festival. The day the humans escaped. Oh, like their independence day, right? From the surface. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm trying to make it more like a like an Independence Day. Like, you know, they it's the day that they survived, you know, they mark it. All right, so the mayor gives a speech. And, oh, I know what it was. The mayor gives a speech and reminds them of the safety and happiness they have now and that they should be thankful to have this many have lost or many gave their life for them to live freely. Yeah. It's kind of like just the doctrine, you know, keep them indoctrinated. Hey, you know, we did this, blah, blah, blah. Like how amazing this is, blah, blah, blah. You know, make sure that they have that group, that, that group think Darcy laughs freely. They say what nonsense. Oh, is she at the town hall? Or is she trying to escape? It could right be, now? or she, she could be listening to it. I say, like, it cuts on the speaker, but, like, there probably are some folks there, or it could be on the TV, or it can be on the radio, yeah, whatever. Probably not mm. the radio. I feel like they should have, like, loudspeakers. That's what I was thinking. Some kind sprinkled of sprinkled throughout the town. Yeah. What nonsense. We need to move quickly. On the day of the festival. On the day of the festival. Well, we didn't move quickly on the day of the festival. We are still missing 
the what you what do we call them again? Suits. We will need them. Oh, that's when they sneak in and steal it on the day of the festival. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. We need them for the surface. Once everyone is partying, we will sneak into the lava pits and get the suits. Following day, the festivities are going. It's a party atmosphere, except for our team. They navigate through the, cr the crowd, not drawing attention to themselves. They get to the edge of the crowd and see police standing at the perimeters. So I feel like they should successfully obtain the suits. Yeah. Looks like everything is going smoothly as planned. They're moving the vessel to the edge of town. But at the same time, maybe there's like a guard that forgot something at his booth or something and is walking back and he catches them trying at that place with the vessel trying to drill up and he sounds well, the alarm or something. Yeah. That's like that. I think that happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, well, it can happen. So I think they get to the perimeter for the sake of like keeping this moving. They obtain the suits after almost getting caught, whatever that looks like. The day of the journey up, they get to the position with the drill, but there are military folks around. They need to go with plan B. The other location is more remote, but a greater distance between them and the surface. They begin drilling and the sound is so loud, almost everyone is alarmed. The earth shakes. The mayor is telling the guards to stop her. The sirens sound. Darcy and the team know they need to move quickly out, boosters. out of range. Hit the boosters. Hit. Wait. They get into position, which is one of our words, and hit the boosters. Full speed. Full speed ahead. Full speed and power. The machine roars up. And shoots up. And digs it and digs a hole. They are on the way to the surface. They're laughing and cheering. Okay. This position. We still have to use exceed, which is like, oh, we're exceeding the max power or something. I don't know. So they're on the way to the surface. <clears throat> A day goes by and they are still elated. It's pitch black. Can't see nothing but dirt that's in front of them. They can't see nothing but dirt from the lights maybe to hit some kind of rock in my head oh, that's true maybe to hit some maybe kind of rock like get out and do something about it so they can't see anything and then all of a sudden the vessel comes to an abrupt it feels like they slammed into something they've hit a yeah. layer of then the rock. vessel slams into something the vessel slams into now, is this where one of the friends die? They still got another two two or three days left. So we can let them let them survive this one. We get a scare. 
slams into something. Well, let's say their drill is stuck. It must and they got to exit the vessel yeah. and manually with the pickaxe. So Darcy and start hitting the rock. One of the friends exit the vessel and begin to dig around this mass. Whatever it is, it's large. One of the friends sits inside the vessel listening to the radio comms or whatever. Listening to the comms. How's it going? How's it going out there? Darcy replies, we may need to change course. Go around this thing. We are still looking or digging for the sides. Whoever uh, changed the position of their vessel. Yeah, whoever. 60 degrees. Gets to the side will call out and that's where they will position the drill. Darcy gets to the side first. She calls out, let's return. At that moment, she hears the ground shifting. Oh no. It's caving in, hurry. Both of them wish back to the vessel just in time. Just in time, as the vessel is pushed back down from the shifting rocks and dirt, they reposition and get to the edge of the mass and continue up. One of the friends asks about the drill bit. It might get dull sooner than later. I think they run out of gas before that gets dull. Yeah. Darcy tells her not to worry, not to worry, it will take it. They make it a bit further up. The indications say they have about a day and a half left of gas to reach the surface. And all of a sudden, an alarm goes oh, on. No. But is it going to be gas? Is it going to be... It could be the gas. It could be the oxygen. I feel like would make this even more interesting. Kind of going back to our original cave idea of cave cavers, cave divers. They start running out of gas and they realize they got to make the rest of the journey through manual tools. With yeah. Their shovels and pickaxes digging up. And then while they're doing that, another earthquake happens and they're like holding on a dear life trying to squeeze and create this path in front of them and that's where a friend or two will perish or maybe not depends by the way they're imagine like digging and you're like in the earth with as much space as that cave guy and then an earthquake happens and then things are like falling down and you just gotta you just gotta wait it out yeah. What else are you going to do? So what if... Maybe there's a leak in gas or something, so they run out sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe that's what they run into. So the alarm goes off. We have a leak. We running are, low. I thought we only had a day and a half left. Running low on... There must be a leak. Running low on gas. We should have enough. Shit. 
we must have been punctured. So instead of a day and a half, they have two hours. <laughs> I am reading only two hours left and dropping fast. Push the drill to its limits. We may exceed, which I think was one of our words. It is. We may exceed what it can take. I don't care. We need to get as far up as possible. Far up as possible before we run out. They push the vessel to the limits. Yeah, because they, they, got, they have to get out. It runs out. Because the vessel, once it runs out of fuel, is going to start falling back down. Yeah. It runs out. They get out. And they don't have enough time to take the extra oxygen tanks. And they leave behind the extra oxygen tanks. That's true. They leave behind the extra oxygen tanks. Now what? We keep digging. We got to use some elbow grease. Let the dirt and rocks fall into the hole the drill left. There's no going back. We will be filling a hole. So we must go forward 12 and a half minutes. That's okay. Yeah, that's not bad. We must go forward. Keep digging. They make their way up more when someone slips and loses their hold. A friend falls and we hear the screams oh, no. drop down the hole. That's how it ends for them. Eventually, the screams get too far away to hear. I feel like an earthquake. Earthquake is happening, and that causes that person to slip. Yeah, we can. Yeah, but just send that person on. Who <laughs> knows how far they fell down? They just kept falling, and the screams just gradually disappear into the darkness, into the void. Darcy. And her companion mourn their lost teammates. But they're running out of oxygen. They must continue. They say, why didn't they give us their oxygen tank? <laughs> so selfish of them. <laughs> so they fall. This is, this is a horror. They keep pushing up higher. Climbing. It's like some true rock climbing, mountain climbing type stuff right now. How do we kill the other one? That one might have to suffocate. That one might have to face the worst demise. A little bit of like a mudslide. And then they get buried. Yeah. Okay. They keep climbing up. How much further are we? They don't know. The friend Darcy replies, we must be getting close. Our position before we lost the drill was about a day's worth. Now that we are by hand, I would say two days worth of climbing. But who knows? The friend asks, are we going up? No sense of direction now. I f think we were lost. Yes, they start start battling each other fighting each other this is a psychological battle now again to a mental battle 
of anger and frustration. Really, they are just upset with the situation. <clears throat> Temper is calm. What if they hit some some like water, and that washes the friend away? But it's also promising, right? Yeah. Temper's calm. They continue up. As they go, they hear something. It sounds like a trickle of water. Like a trickle of water. They burst into excitement. Water, finally. For those watching, we're just going to assume assume that there's water, drinkable water, and some kind of rations. So maybe some military food that they have with them, supplies. Uh-huh. Uh, in between all these parts, they probably stop to rest on the side. You ever seen those folks when they pitch a town on the side of a mountain? And it's like... Nah, they don't rest. They keep going. Water, <laughs> finally... They must they start hacking away where the sound of water is coming from. They hack away, and w- more water starts to pour. The friend keeps hacking away, and Darcy says, wait. Their excitement turns to concern. Darcy nah, this- tells the friend to wait. The friend says, no way, and hacks away a piece of rock that was holding back a flood of water. The friend swings one. <laughs> more time the earth begins to shift mudslide the friend oh this is going to be terrible i just thought like a gruesome way to die the friend is trying to stay above the shifting earth as it turns to a mix mud water desperately grabbing and pushing herself forward to not go down the hole or to be trapped by the mud. Darcy tries to help grab my stick or whatever. I don't know. Grab my pickaxe. Pickaxe, yeah. Grab my pickaxe. You will go down. Friend tries to grab it. But slips. The tide of the can't mud. It's too strong. Eventually, the friend loses the battle. The hand slowly becomes submerged into the muddy, the muddy dirt, buried alive. Oh my god! Buried alive. Darcy cries out for her friend. No one answers. About three minutes, she cries to herself and contemplates the whole thing. But she looks at her oxygen tank. She only has a few hours left. She has to make the most of it. That's right, running out of oxygen. She needs to fight. Keep going. She digs. She hits. Suddenly, she sees a ray of light. The earth gives way just a bit. The sky. She digs faster. The sky opens up. She remains in her suit and looks around at this beautiful blue skies, jungle of a world, green grass, with blue skies up above, running water, flowers. She walks, walks around, unsure if she can remove. The mask. 
When she sees a bird. When she the kingfisher. When she sees the kingfisher. She holds out her hand and it lands. Oh, her hand and it lands on her finger, chirping away. About minute fifteen seconds, she removes the mask and takes in a deep, fresh air breath. The sun sets. She revels in the new world or the old world. As she smiles and cries, a thud is heard from somewhere close by. She turns her head, cut to black. It's a monster. Boom. With 18 seconds. It might, it might be the government. It might have been there all along. Who knows? Damn. With five, four, three, two, one. And that goes the timer. Whew. That was what? I think that we used some of these words story. multiple times. I think so. Especially like position. I should probably use crackpot a couple more times. Oh, all right. What a damn story. I like that one. Yeah. I mean, for an outline of a story, it's not bad. No, not bad. Not bad at all. And we took a couple weeks off. Yeah. Back on it. Pretty good. Pretty good. I think we got more details towards the end. So I'll take the beginning up to... I'll take the beginning up to to the speech by the mayor. Mm. And then you take from the day of the festival till the end. So day of the festival... Speaker cuts. Yeah. All right. What? Hold on. Let me just look through this real quick. Okay. War transmission. Okay. All right. So the five words that we were given were crackpot, exceed, yeah. position, stain, and annual. The two images that we generated were a silhouette of a woman at sunset and a kingfisher bird. Using all that, this is our story. The world has been recovering from nuclear warfare. Countries have gone power hungry and have sent nukes after each other, leaving life as we know it on the surface unlivable. The nuclear radiation makes it impossible for any life form, human life form, to survive on the surface. So society, to continue thriving, had to dig down into the earth to rebuild civilization from that way. And hundreds of years, humans, since the nuclear apocalypse, have been living in towns located under hundreds of feet meters underground and have rebuilt society that way and the town we're in is new bethlehem we see a drill that's drilling up and it starts to crack the surface we see rays of sunlight just streaming through greater and greater as the drill continuously removing the surface in front of it we see the pilot a young woman having streams of tears coming down her face, looking excited. But that's when things start to go awry. Alarms start beeping. Signals are popping up on her dashboard everywhere. 
She hears the engine boosters go to an abrupt stop, and she feels the vessel slowly slipping back down the direction it drilled from, faster and faster as it starts to slide down the path. We see the pilot panicking, and we see above as the vessel just descends and plummets into the darkness with the ray of light getting fading in the distance, and we see an explosion. A mushroom cloud explosion. Darcy abruptly wakes up from her bed, sweating, vent hyperventilating, putting her hand on her chest, and just realizing it was a dream. Or so she thought. She hears loud knocking on her door. She rubs her eyes sleepily, trying to rub the sleep away, opens the door and sees a couple men in suits. They ask, Are you Darcy Dalton? She says, Who's asking? It's the government. The mayor wants to see you, and they force her to come with them and escort her to the mayor's office. Now, Darcy has always been kind of a crackpot. She used to get in trouble in schools for creating drawings of the surface above and different machines that will drill up. It's always been her dream, but that stuff is taboo in New Bethlehem. You can't go onto the surface world. It's unlivable up there, and you just threaten all the civil, all the people below by attempting such things. So Darcy comes to the mayor's office. She sees artifacts and things that were supposedly, allegedly from the surface world all around the mayor's office, plates, an old TV. All these things don't work, but they're just artifacts now. The mayor sits Darcy down and tells her, we've caught wind. One of our spies has told us that you're building something illegal and you're planning on drilling to the surface. Need I remind you what the punishment is for attempting such crimes? Darcy plays dumb. She says, I don't know what you're talking about, Mayor. I would never attempt such things. The mayor starts to get annoyed. Nonsense. You and your crackpot family have always had aspirations of digging up to the surface. You people are the stain on our society. And honestly, I should just lower you into the lava pits right now. This doesn't phase Darcy, even though she can feel her blood boiling. She says, Mayor, I am creating a vessel, I'm not going to lie to you. But it's a new transportation system for New Bethlehem. The mayor's facial expression changes. Now she's curious. She says, go on. Well, right now... All we get around is delivery men who run across town, or we have some bicycles around. But I have a blueprint, as she pulls up the hologram, of a motorized vehicle that we can build all around town and create essentially our own transportation system. The mayor starts getting excited. She says, can you show us something? Do you have anything built? Darcy says, no, I just only have the blueprint. I'm still calculating the physics and the materials that are needed. The mayor understands and then changes her tone again. The mayor says, if you're lying, Darcy, or if we find out that you're lying, you will be sent to the lava pits immediately. Darcy understands. She gets excused from the office and makes her way back across town 
back to her house. At her house, there awaits one of her friends, concerned that their mission has just been thwarted. Darcy reassures her friend that the mission is still on. It might just have to leave sooner than planned. Instead of leaving in a month, they should leave in five days, right around the annual festival. Their friend understands. Darcy tells her friend that we're going to need that gas and to ready the supply. Friend understands and heads his way home. Darcy proceeds into her house, opens the lever behind her bookcase, leads to her secret lab. She walks down underneath a veil. She pulls it off, pulls off the covers to reveal the vessel as she's been working on. The drill that will get her and her friends to the surface world. Next day, Darcy meets up with another friend, the third friend who will be accompanying them on this journey. They, Darcy tells this friend they need oxygen, approximately six oxygen tanks based on her calculation they'll need to reach the surface. This friend is concerned. How do you know it's only gonna take two to three days to get to the surface? Darcy reassures her friend, don't worry, I've calculated and mapped it all out based on my family stories. Darcy's family has always had aspirations of going to the surface and there's family lore passed down from generation to generation in her family. Talking of life, oceans, blue skies and different animals that exist on the surface and humans are meant to live on the surface and not in the underground in New Bethlehem City. Darcy refuses to believe that this is just some tall tales passed down. It has to be real. So the friend and Darcy, they purchase six oxygen tanks, load them up, and they carry them back home. Darcy's calculations, she tells her friend that if they drill, from this specific position on the edge of town, it should take two to three days. The only problem is the government likes to patrol that area. Since, it, since outside of that is basically unknown boundaries where no one really uninhabitable underground that no one really lives. But luckily the annual Independence Day Festival where they are celebrating the founding of the underground society is coming up. And usually everyone in the city migrates to the center of town and enjoy festivities. So during that time, the coast should be clear. As Darcy makes her way back home, a loudspeaker comes on. It's the mayor. The mayor gives a speech talking of giving a brief history of the town of New Bethlehem, saying how their predecessors and ancestors fought so hard, gave their lives to rebuild and keep humanity alive. And it's their duty to keep humanity alive for the next generation of folks. So this comes the day of the festival. The only thing that Darcy and her companions need now 
are the hazmat suits that workers near the lava pit wear in order to protect them from the toxins and heat of the lava. The festivities begin. Everyone is in town and everyone is having a grand old time. And that's when Darcy and her friends decide to make their move. They navigate their way through the crowds, trying not to draw attention to themselves as the festivities and the party goers rally. As they get towards the edge where there's a house they need to cut through in order to get around, the police officers that stand on the festivities edge monitoring the situation and making sure nothing illegal happens. And more importantly, looking for any of those folks who are up to no good or look suspicious. They cut through one of the homes outside the perimeter and make their way on to the fire pits. As they get closer and closer, one of the friends speaks up about how hot everything is becoming. She did not anticipate it to get so hot before they even see the lava pits. Eventually, they reach the building, and just on the other side of the building, they know from all the folklore that the lava pits lay over there. They sneak into the building. <clears throat> There's a couple of folks still working the lava pits as they use the heat from the lava in order to provide the town with electricity. That's another source of electricity. They sneak around the folks that are working and take three of their suits. As they take them, they talk about how these suits can not only withstand some of the intense heat, but it also provides them a way to pump oxygen into the suit without having to get out of it. They bring the suits back going the same way they came. And as they emerge through the crowd, they roll it up in order to not cause attention to it themselves and get back to the apartment or to the house that they're living in. Now that they have the suits, it's time to make the journey up. They move the drill over to the position that they want to be in. This happens throughout the night as most folks are away and asleep. However, not the military. And wouldn't you know, on this day, their bad luck, the military, it so happens to be in the area that they wanted to position the drill in. Because of this, they must go to plan B. Plan A would have had a two to three day reach from the time that they started to drill to the surface. Plan B adds another day and another layer of complication now that the other location is so remote, but they must make do and time is of the essence. The mayor and her goons will only be suspicious of her and surely they'll come looking for her soon as they've been keeping their eyes on her. They get the drill to the secondary position and line up the drill. They go through the checks. They're trying to be as safe as possible, knowing that this mission has an element of unknown to it and safety may not be necessarily the best way to put it. They look at each other, then down at the button to start up the machine. Darcy looks to each of their friends and tells them, once I start this, everyone will know that there's some, that someone's up to something. The sound will be so loud, it might wake them all up. Let's do it, says one of the friends. Darcy flashes a smile, presses the button. The drill, like a big propeller, begins slow and quickly builds up speed 
as this happens, as it is predicted, the sound travels. Lights start to pop on all around. She can hear over the radio that the military and police have been alarmed and they've been dispatched to move towards the sound. We have to go now. Sirens begin to sound and drowned out the sound of the drill. Darcy presses forward on the controls and the drill lunges forward and begins to carve itself up. The, it, it starts to drill a hole as the rest of the military can see this massive drill beginning to start. They run towards their position. Full boosters, full speed and power. The machine roars even louder as the hole gets bigger and they start to get picked up into this hole. I don't know if she can take any more. It doesn't matter. Keep pushing. They are now through the hole and on their way to the surface. There's nothing the military can do about it. They begin to travel elated at the fact that they've now had a successful launch of their drill and they're on their way. Yes, maybe another day it might take them, but they are on their way. The drill is impressive. It's moving through the dirt. The light beams ahead as the dirt falls past it. It's hard to see even with the light, but they are so far successful in their journey. About a day passes. We see them eat some food, take turns resting. <laughs> as Darcy is resting in her hammock, the craft slams headfirst loud into something. What is that? She gets up and says, I don't know. We must have hit a massive boulder. We'll see if we can dig through it, Darcy says. They try to give the drill more power. It will not budge. Stop, stop. We're just scraping. They don't want to lose their drill bit. This trip is already going to take a while. And the drill will become dull, making it almost impossible to move any further if they try to push through this rock. Darcy finally says, I think we need to get out and manually find the edge of this rock. We can find the edge. We can reposition our drill. Drill out to the side and then continue up. It will be dangerous and take us some time, but we have to do this manually to find it. One of the friends nods and says, I'll go out there with you. If we both try, if we both dig opposite directions, one of us will finally reach the end. And so they begin digging to find the edge of this large mass. They're both radio in, radio checking in with one of the friends that sits inside the vessel. Radio one, confirmed. Radio two, confirmed, confirmed. We're on our way. How is it out there? It's dark. Both know that these unfamiliar parts of the world, if you, of the land is dangerous. Darcy keeps going and tells him that she can't find the edge just yet. How's their luck on the other side? <laughs> They're still digging, but just as Darcy is about to lose a little bit of hope, she finally pushes past this large mass. I think I found it. I think I found the edge. Let's get back in and return. <clears throat> we already have, have an extra day ahead of us. We need to do this quickly. They start to move back towards the craft. <clears throat> As you hear them scampering along and pulling themselves across the dirt, we hear this thundering 
sounds. It's the earth shifting. Darcy tells everyone to stop moving and to listen. Where is it coming from? To their dismay, it seems like this huge boulder is starting to push down. Because of the digging underneath of it, it's no longer stable. Darcy and a friend, Darcy calls out on the radio, hurry and move as quickly as possible as this boulder slowly shifts under its own weight further down. If they don't get back, they will be crushed. And even if they do get back, the vessel might be lodged and fall right back down the hole it just came out of. Through the grace of good luck, they get back into the vessel, start it up, and turn the position over to go towards the hole that Darcy had just finished carving. They drill, making the hole bigger in that direction. The boulder pushing down on and pushing down on this vessel. Alarms start to go off inside. It's exceeding the amount of pressure the vessel can take. It will hold. Just keep drilling. They drill alongside alongside the boulder. Finally, get to the edge. And just as if time was almost about to run out, the boulder shifts down, blocking any way of exit from where they just came. They position the drill back up and begin to drill forward. They just got out of their first situation. They survived. But the vessel has now taken on some critical damage. They don't know if it can keep the same amount of pressure as it drills. And who knows if the drill bit can continue much longer. But they battle along, going up and up, checking their indicators. One of them says, have roughly a day and a half left to reach the surface from where their position is and to where they estimate the surface is to be. This is good and welcoming news. Drill bit should last long enough, they hope, to get them that far up. They have enough oxygen. It seems the rest of this trip will go on without any other problems. But just as the friend says this, like Murphy's Law, an alarm starts to go off. What alarm is that? It's not the drill. We have enough pressure. To Darcy's dismay, the fuel indicator is rapidly dropping. Whereas they should have had enough fuel to reach the surface and to continue to drive on the surface, it's now running low on gas. I don't get it. We should have enough. Shit, said one of the friends. I think we punctured the fuel lodge when the boulder was up against the hole. I'm reading only two hours left, at least, but it's dropping fast. We have to push the drill to its limits. Get as high up as we possibly can before it finally runs out. We're going to have to go it by hand. If the other friend calls out, we may exceed the limit of what it can take. It doesn't matter. This is going down. And we just need to get as high up as possible. And so they do. They push it to the limit. Eventually, the system gets low. Indicators start to go off that it's about to run out of gas. They mount up with their suits, an ox ox oxygen tank on the back, and exit the vehicle. They're going to have to dig by hand. The vehicle finally runs out and drops down into the depths into the void so far down you can't even hear it crash now what one asks we keep going fill the hole with the dirt and the rocks that we fought that we d dig past and we keep going up and that's what they do after some time 
they come to a part in their dig where the earth is less packed. Are we close to the top? We must be. It's no longer as hard to dig. Darcy's unsure. I don't think so. We still have some ways to go. I don't know. This dirt seems slightly different. We should be careful. It's at that time the earth begins to quake. Our friend plunges the pickaxe into the dirt, but it's like sand. It slips straight out. The friend falls, and we can hear them screaming the whole way down the hole. Until eventually, the screams just slowly dissipate. Just like the drill, we don't even hear the bottom when the person hits the bottom. The friend left and the friend that's left and Darcy have a moment of terror. Do we make the right decision? Should we even be going any further? But they are—they no longer have a choice. They have to keep going. Returning isn't an option. It'll take them just as long, if not longer, to get back down. Darcy replies, remember, we were about a day away. Maybe a little bit more since we do it by hand, but we must keep going. They continue to climb, digging themselves by hand. At this point, tempers are starting to flare. This was a stupid idea, the friend says. I just knew it. I just didn't want to say anything. Everyone always said you were funny, and not funny in a good way. I heard when they called you a crackpot, and you know what? Maybe they were on to something. Darcy, who for the most part has been remaining cool, tells her she's no crackpot. She knows on the surface there's a world to be lived and a life to be lived. Just because things get tough doesn't mean that they should lose their momentum and lose all hope. It's in times like this where you need to keep your hope. They knew it was going to be hard and risky and dangerous. The friend begins to calm down and they continue to go up. Then the first signs of life, the trickle of water, they burst into excitement. We're almost there. As they hack away and continue up, the water begins to pour a little bit faster on the side of where her friend is digging. The excitement turns to concern. Darcy tells her friend to wait and be careful. Don't swing just yet. But it's too late. Her friend swings one more time. And as if it was quicksand, the pickaxe goes right through and becomes hard to pull out. Whatever it is, it's liquefied dirt. The ground or the earth begins to slide and flow. This muddy water begins to engulf the friend, and the friend begins to swing wildly, trying to pull themselves out of this muddy water. And for a little bit of time, they are succeeding. However, the, sit the situation is desperate at best. Darcy flings over her pickaxe and tells her to grab the handle. The friend let goes of her pickaxe and tries to grab the handle. But as soon as she does, the mud just drops her down. She can't reach. More mud and dirt begin to fill. The friend begins to go down and under. Slowly, she's buried alive. We see nothing more but the flashlight, just the hand slowly perish underneath this mud. Darcy is alone. She cries in the darkness. Did she really come all this way just to lose her friends? Was this meant to fail? Is she actually a crackpot? But then Darcy remembers that if she's going to die, she's going to die trying to get her way out. 
she's going to continue to push to the surface. She holds on to the promises and the stories that her family had once told her when she was a child. She just has to keep on believing. She looks at her ox oxygen tank and sees that she only has a few hours left. She musters up her energy and begins to dig quickly, going up and up. And then, with the swing of her pickaxe, it's as if she punctured a hole right into the sky. A couple stars could be seen. The earth and the sky and the blue skies with the sunset can be seen. She can't believe her eyes. It's like something out of one of these old photos or paintings that she used to see that the original <clears throat> settlers used to talk of. She swings wildly. The hole gets bigger. The sky opens up even further. To her amazement, as she pushes her head up through the ground, she sees a cotton candy-like sky. She had no idea that it can really be this beautiful. She gets out and walks around. Flowers, grass, trees, beauty, all around, lakes and rivers, something biblical. Then she gets an indication from her oxygen tank that she's running out. She looks around desperately, what to do when a bird, a kingfisher, flaps its wings on from a tree branch. She holds out her finger and the bird lands right on her finger, chirping away. At that point, she knows that the earth is safe to breathe. She removes her mask for the first time, takes a deep breath of fresh air as the sun sets and reveals the old new world. She cries as a loud thud is heard somewhere close by. She turns around and we cut to black. The end. Whew. That was a great story. I think it is. I think for an outline... It has all the parts needed in order to yeah. do the suspense. I think there's certain ways that we can have it play out that would be better. But overall, it's a great, it's a pretty good outline for quite a miraculous story with beauty and civilization and all the different ways that our civilization could work, you know, as far as the control aspect and governments wanting to keep their control and people with a sense of yeah. adventure. And I think even the stories that her family tells her can be weaved in even more, right? Where it's like what she has to hold on to. Yeah. I had an idea when you were going through that, that maybe there's like a book that one of her ancestors wrote. And it just gets passed down. Yeah. But obviously they can't let it be known or else the government's going to confiscate it. Right. It's like propaganda basically to them right and that's like another way to show like the overwhelming control of the government while also still like you're holding on to these stories these myths yeah that's why i try to give up some background story of darcy in the beginning like how she always thought this way right how she got in trouble drawing like drawings of the surface or whatever right in school so like it gives some context to her character and her family yeah yeah <laughs> overall like that was like, I'm surprised we were able to put that together as well as we did in the amount of time. Yeah, I mean, so we got. especially taking a break, I'm like, man, this is almost like riding a bike, but it came out pretty decent. I overall, you know, this isn't is important. Like, this is an overall story, 
and I think overall there, there's definitely something in there. It just needs to be fished out. Yeah, definitely. It's like the skeleton is basically there. Yeah. Probably like mix and match some details and whatnot. Probably change. Yeah, as I was envisioning this drill, I was like, I just imagine it leaving a big hole, but like, you know, they might be doing these sideways up and around things and then maybe something like there might be something interesting to show or maybe they come across a fossil or skeleton or a dinosaur skeleton yeah or a human yeah. skeleton well if they came across like a fossil of this like large thing and they're like what is on the surface like what are we doing that might be interesting but just to pop it. up in the middle of a cemetery <laughs> give it some more dynamics than just sticking up yeah but whatever i mean it's a, it's a pretty decent story outline that has some legs if it was given some more love i think so and some real and obviously it needs like a real thought out consideration on the logistics of how this thing would work yeah and that's those are like details yeah, that we didn't details have time. for another conversation yeah all right let's let's see what AI has got. Oh boy. All right. Can you create a story using the words crackpot? You know, we use that way more. We use that way more than once. And annual as words or themes. The story. Please have a scene of a woman at sunset and incorporate. A kingfisher bird, somehow. I'm not going to give it the same context as us, but I'll say yeah. make the story take place in a post-apocalyptic world. I'll just give it that. We'll see what it comes up with. Bam! Sunder. Marla. The crackpot. I see violence and theft. Okay. She rallied her people. The town of Sunder. Sunder. <laughs> As the marauders descended on their town, the people of Sunder stood their ground. Marauders, huh? Alright. name it. Resilient Sunder. Resilient Sunder defends home. Defends home. Alright. <clears throat> In a world laid low by catastrophe, the relentless rhythm of annual cycles of the earth tilting and spinning on its lopsided axis was the sole reminder of a time when society ran on schedules and calendars. In the town of Sunder, the collapse had given rise to a different kind of life, one that no longer saw value in the typical hierarchies of the old world. At the center of this transformation was the indomitable Maria, Marla, the crackpot who had somehow become their de facto leader. She had earned the moniker for strange ideas and eccentric practices, but her leadership ability, surprisingly, had far exceeded anyone's expectations. Crackpot. Every evening at sunset, she would take position atop the towering ruins of once of what was once a bustling town hall. Here, the last hues of the day would stain her worn-out face in gold and crimson. Her silhouette framed against the retreating sun imparting an air of serenity in an otherwise chaotic world. In her hand was a cracked binocular through which she scanned the horizon, but her eyes were always drawn to the kingfisher bird that nested near the old hall. 
She took it as a symbol, a sign of resilience and adaptation as the bird had continued to thrive despite the harsh reality of their new world. It was one of these... It was during one of these solemn sunsets that Marlar spotted a horde of scavengers approaching their town. They were marauders who had chosen to survive through violence and theft, living off the work of others. Marla's heart pounded in her chest. She knew their defenses were weak, their numbers few, but she also knew they had something that these scavengers lacked. Unity. Unity. Descending swiftly from her position. She rallied her people. The town of Sunder may have been a collection of haphazardly erected shelters and scarce resources, but to them, it was home, a place of refuge and community amidst the apocalypse. In her address, Marla reminded them of the Kingfisher bird, of its resilience and adapt adaptability. Its bright plumage was not just a colorful display, but a testament to its survival, to its ability to thrive despite adversity. She urged her people to take inspiration from the bird, to hold their ground and protect their homes. As the marauders descended on their town, the people of Sunder stood their ground using every strategy Marla had taught them. They used their intimate knowledge of the town's layout to their advantage, managing to repel the invaders and protect their home. When the sun rose the next day, painting the stain of a new dawn across the sky, the people of Sunder gathered to celebrate their victory. Marla stood atop the town, old town hall once again, a kingfisher bird alighted on her shoulder, a living symbol of their resilient spirit. In the wake of the post-apocalypse, they were learning not only to survive, but to thrive, much like their avian mascot. And as long as they had leaders like Marla, they knew they would continue to exceed expectations and stand against any threat that dared disdain their newfound peace. Nah. You know, I kind of like the way they used the kingfisher bird yeah, so intimately in their story. When they, that's much like their avian mascot. Like, a, nah. They all, that almost got me. I was like, yeah, this is funny. Nah. She is like, what did it say up here? She, her eyes were always drawn to the kingfisher bird. She took it as a symbol of resilience and adaptation. Like, oh, yeah, she, it, it was drawn to the bird, eh? No. <laughs> There is some good descriptive writing in there, but sure. story-wise, nah. It's just it's just the folks come in to for whatever reason to take over protect their, their home and they protect their home. And that's yeah. it. Nah, we'll take this one easily. Yeah, no, that was. Oh man, the crackpot who had become their de facto leader. Crackpot. <laughs> All right, we gotta come up with a title that, for the thing. Yeah, the crackpot. <laughs> crackpot exactly we got crackpot surface crackpot i have journey to the surface journey to earth journey to journey surface. To surface kingfisher kingfisher because you know no. the way i was kind of thinking of it I was like maybe you know if there was more play into like the uh, old stories you know maybe there was a bit about the kingfisher and like right. i don't know so like maybe it might be more play on that word king like yeah kingfisher the bird but there might be more play on there, especially if we... Maybe the vessel she made was yeah. called Kingfisher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause she could have named it Kingfisher. Yeah. You know, there's more play on that word, I think. And then there's the drill. But then if we're talking about the drill being in the Kingfisher, it would just be better if it was called Kingfisher. And then New Bethlehem, Crackpot. New Bethlehem's Crackpot. <laughs> Journey to the Surface sounds good. 
journey to the surface. Marla's. Who's Marla? Oh crap! I'm taking Marla from the ChatGPT story. I don't uh, know. Darcy. Yeah, Darcy. Double D. Darcy. Double D's journey to the surface. Double D. DD. DD the crackpot. DD the crackpot. But yeah, I think Journey to the Surface or Kingfisher. Kingfisher I like a little bit just because it's a little bit more ambiguous. Yeah, I like Kingfisher too. All right. King. We could definitely incorporated that yeah. more. Kingfisher. You heard it here, folks. That was Kingfisher. Darcy's journey to the surface. How she avoided the lava pits and saw the light of day. All right. We'll be back next week. With a whole new set of words, new images, and a brand new story. Thank you all for tuning in. Talk to you then. See you guys.